view. Uh, it's a little bit complicated to organize uh, a meeting, a webinar for at an international uh, level and uh, also on a world level because uh, some of you are at the beginning of the day, order are at the beginning of the night. So thank you uh, to all of you to be to attend to this uh, seminar. There are people from all around the world and it's uh, very important for us, uh, ISF, uh, to uh, such uh, activity. So uh, in, on, on behalf of ISEP, it's a pleasure to welcome you. Uh, I'll do a very short introduction uh, just to say that I am so happy to have uh, our colleagues from Asia. It's important to uh, give them uh, the floor to explain what they are doing in this part of the world in the sport pedagogy domain field. But uh, for the uh, Next hour, uh, it's uh, our colleague from the, the ISF board, Dennis Unuk, who will be in charge to animate uh, the debate. So uh, I'm pleased to introduce you, uh, Denise, and it's now up to you. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, good day, everyone, and welcome to the first ISEP Connect event of 2021. My name is Deniz Sünük. I work in Pamukkale University in Turkey. I am also one of the ISAPORT member, and it's my great pleasure to moderate this session today. Uh, the title of this webinar is the trends, the trends of physical education teacher education in East Asia. I would like to introduce today's presenters. Oksan Lee from Seoul National University, Sotaro Honda from Fukuoka University of Education, uh, Chingwei Cheng, he is not still with us, hope he, he will join soon. Uh, he is from National Taiwan University, uh, Normal University. Uh, before we start, uh, I want to make a reminder, uh, if you have any question or comments during the presentation, please type them into the chat box. I will bring them up after the presentation. And also we will have time for questions and comments at the end. Uh, yes, the stage is yours. Good luck. Okay. Okay, uh, thanks for the introduction. My name is Oksan Lee from Seoul National University. And today I'm gonna share some trend of PT research conducted in South Korea. Uh, before talking about PT research uh, agenda, uh, let me share some contextual background of P and PT in South Korea. Uh, first of all, P is a required subject both elementary and secondary school in Korea. We have a time requirement that elementary school, we have three classes per week, which is 120 minutes. And secondary school is a two to three hours per week. And like most other countries, elementary P is taught by a combination of classroom teachers and generalist teachers. In addition, we have Korean national curriculum for physical education. The most latest revision of national curriculum uh, was conducted in 2015. The main idea behind the national curriculum is core competence-based national curriculum. So there are four P-specific competencies such as health management, 
physical training, game performance, and physical expression. In order to achieve these core competencies, there are five areas of key content, which is health, challenge, competition, expression, and safety. And let me talk about the PT system in South Korea. We really work hard to recruit the competent uh, candidate from the world. And we not only looking at their academic achievement, but also we uh, try to test their professional dispositions and attitude by interviewing them. In addition, there is a physical skill and fitness test as a part of the entrance exam test. And the typical length of a PT program is four years, including four weeks of student teaching. When they complete degree requirement, they are certified as physical education teachers without further examination. However, in order to be hired as a public school PE teachers, they have to pass national teacher employment test, which is highly competitive. And the tests include content knowledge, pedagogy knowledge test, and also we let them do micro teaching and also interview them. Again, there is a sports skill test as a part of national teacher employment test. So with this contextual background in mind, let me share some trend of PT research conducted in South Korea. PT research agenda is created in relation to what we teach in school, such as curriculum, and how we teach teaching and instruction. And also there are a lot of policies also influence what to teach, how to teach, and what type of teacher we have to educate through PT program. Those policies are health promotion policy, sports policy, and educational policy. We're gonna look at the PT research topics, which is the sector A, B, C, D, in a manner. Let me just look at the uh, PT research conducted in sector A, which is traditional teacher education area. Typical topic were conceptual framework of PT, such as reconceptualizing teacher professionalism, theoretical orientation of teacher education, and also we look at the relevance of national teacher employment test item, and PT program evaluation study, and teacher socialization study. And recently, we are paying more attention to the continuing professional development program because CPD is one critical area that is needed to teachers' professional growth. Now, let me look at the sector B. Sector B is located in the intersection between curriculum and teacher education. The typical research topic that explored in this area was national curriculum implementation, such as narrative in Korean curriculum implementation process and teacher agency in curriculum development, such as PE teacher as curriculum maker and also how to educate our teacher candidate in order to implement core competence-based national curriculum for physical education. 
Now let's move on to sector C. Sector C is located in the intersection between teaching and instruction and teacher education. One of the popular research topics in this area was model-based practice. Basically, many of the studies have looked at how teachers are implementing certain instructional models in physical education setting. And also in relation to that, how can we educate PE teacher candidate to implement those models well in the field? And also look, look at formation of a content specific teacher knowledge in the field, teaching strategies and behavior. And recently, one of the topics that kept the researchers' attention was how COVID-19 has changed the pedagogy of the physical education, such as implementation features of online PE classes during the COVID-19. And how can we prepare teachers to cope with these teachers' challenges? Sector D is most complex. However, I think this area is most needed area of research in PT, which is the curriculum, teaching and instruction and teacher education as a whole package. Uh, there is a very limited number of studies exist in this area. We still need lots of collaborative and longitudinal studies are strongly needed in this field. So this is a, a, one of the tasks that lies ahead of us. Now, let's just uh, wrap it up by sharing some of the issues and the impl implication. Uh, what are the achievements of Korean PT research? I would say there is an increasing number of sports pedagogy researchers and accumulation of knowledge base. Uh, Korean Association of Sports Pedagogy has been established since 1992. So it's been almost 30 years uh, since it is established. And during those time, we observed notable increase in teachers as researchers. In Korean Association of Sports Pedagogy, we have 543 members of PE teachers who are actively participating in academic conference publishing in academic journals and developing PE teacher learning communities and also sharing and disseminating knowledge. So by doing so, consequently, I can say that the voice of physical education teachers have been strengthened in PT research community. And another achievement is emergence of research topics unique to Korean culture and educational philosophy. Most of the instructional models were developed in Western countries. However, researchers in Korea try to focus on the instructional model, which is tailored to specific Korean cultural and sociocultural context. One of the examples was humanitas-oriented physical education. We call it hope education model by Dr. Choi, and also character education. And another point is that Korea is very strong on IT technology. So there is an extensive use of online community for PCPD, and we explore this as a part of the research topic. What are the issues in PT research in Korea? Uh, there is a limited role of PT research on evidence-based policy making. Policy usually comes from top-down, and research follows that policy. Sometimes the research provides rational, provo 
rational for the policy. So we found that there is a loose coupling between PT research and government-initiated policy agenda. And still, we are, we are also struggling with lack of alignment among what's happening in school P and PT and also what P teachers are doing. So exploration of the whole picture, including school P, PT, and P teachers are strongly needed. And another thing is we need to explore new research agenda, which such as the how these sociocultural changes will shape the future PT. For example, in Korea, low birth rate is a huge challenge lies ahead. It will change the size of the class, class. The class size will be less than 15. The traditional pedagogy will not be relevant anymore. We need more personalized pedagogy. We need more personalized pedagogy rather than traditional crowd control way of management pedagogy. However, we did not explore this topic well. Cultural diversity, climate exchange, extreme weather condition, and technology and digital differences. These are all challenging topics that should be explored in the future. Consequently, we need to conceptualize PET from the school physical education PT program and CPD from the practical and also theoretical way. So this is a brief way of what's being conducted in Korean context. And if you have any questions, I will take it during the discussion time. Thank you. Yes, thank, thank you very much, Oksan. Uh, let's go with the next presenters. Uh, Sotaro, do you want to share the screen? Sure, okay. Um, Hello, my name is Sotaro Honda. I will teach at the University of Teacher Education, Fukuoka in Japan. And today I'd like to talk about some trends um, of physical education, teacher education uh, in Japan. Well, actually in the private PE study group, instead of um, talking about um, PE teacher education research and especially focusing on during COVID-19 pandemic. A state of emergency was declared on April 7th. This was lifted on May 25th. And after that, schools, universities, and sport events and other things started or restarted. However, it was probably because of Christmas and New Year season that the number of confirmed cases jumped up. The second state of emergency was declared on, in some prefectures on January 8th and in the others on the 13th. With regard to the PE studies during the pandemic, all the conferences have been held online. For example, well, as you know, the 2020 Yokohama Sport Conference in September and the conference for the Japan Society for the Pedagogy of Physical Education in October were held online. Now I'm going to talk about some impact of a COVID-19 pandemic on school teachers and the teaching PE. Academic year in Japan starts in April and ends in March. The 2020 academic year is the starting year of fully implementing the 2017 revised course of study for elementary schools. And also the final year of the transition period 
of the revised course of study for junior high schools. However, as you can imagine, school teachers have had to change their teaching plans depending on infection status of their working areas. Many teachers' reactions were, what do we teach? How do we teach? We have to find the answers to the questions. Who do we ask to get information? What kinds of apps do we use for distance learning? And how, we, how do we use them? In this kind of situation, methods in PE teacher education have changed. As an example, I'd like to show, show you one of the biggest private PE study groups activities. And this group is called PENET. The PENET started, started in 2011 and have been holding a PE study meeting once a month in different regions. Since May 2020, study meetings have been held in hybrid, which members can choose to participate in meetings face-to-face -face or online. Our catchphrase is tough times bring opportunity. Even if we cannot travel, we can join together. In fact, we have found more opportunities to participate, exchange information and learn from each other by connecting with other teachers and without costing travel expenses. For example, the first hybrid meeting was held, our first hybrid meeting was organized by a member who lives in Saga Prefecture. And it was held on May 30th. The second meeting was held in Miyagi Prefecture on June 20th. And more and more. The topics and the contents presented and discussed in these hybrid meetings are commentary of the revised course of study, COVID-19 guidance for schools and PE, presented by the member, members who are former national PE curriculum policymaker, introduction of how to teach PE classes with safety precautions, presented by school teachers, introduction of practical studies and education policies and projects presented by school and members of board education, group workshops on different themes provided by the host members. And of course, we also have time for free talk and group discussions. In addition, some case studies based on the requirements of the revised course of study have been introduced in these meetings. These studies focus on how to connect knowledge and skills, thinking, decision-making, and expressing, and attitudes, values, in PE classes. If we focus on the connection between knowledge and skills, it was presented to us 
what and how to teach students in order for them to acquire structured knowledge from specific knowledge of particular skills and effectively apply it to further develop all the target skills. If we look at the connection between knowledge and attitudes, values, there were some examples of case studies where they had attempts through learning specific attitudes to the target actions for students to understand the meanings and values of keeping good manners and safety, cooperating with others, and accepting responsibility. And they actually apply those values and actions generally in their daily lives. Having students acquire transferable knowledge is not something new. Having them understand meanings and the values of showing good manners is not something new either. But since the revision of the course of study in 2017 in Japan, it's been more emphasized than before. The questions are, how can PE teachers help students acquire transferable knowledge instead of just giving it to them? How can PE teachers help students deepen their understandings through developing skills and showing good attitudes? How PE academics can develop teachers' pedagogical content knowledge and their technological pedagogical content knowledge on these kinds of learning in PE classes? There are future tasks for us and I would appreciate any advice from everyone. That's all my presentation. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you very much, Sotaro. Thank you. Chingwei, are you with us? Okay, so first of all, I apologize for being a little bit late, but I'm glad. So uh, today I'd like to talk about some trends in PETE in Taiwan. And due to time constraints, so there are two parts that I'd like to share with you. First, the context background. Second, the initial PETE challenge and the research issues. As you can see in figure one, the timeline summarized the progression of the Taiwan PE curriculum, shifting from content-based to the new competency-based education to facilitate lifelong learning. The HPE curriculum guideline was published in 2017. The new 12-year basic education curriculum has been launched in 2018. Accordingly, figure one also illustrates progression of the PETE, shifting from the traditional competency-based normal education toward the construction of professional standards and the curriculum baseline. Teacher professional competencies are emphasized in teacher professional standards as well. In the new curri curriculum guideline, core competency encompasses all information, abilities, attitude that a person should possess to equip him or her for daily life and for tackling future challenges. 
Learning should consider real-life scenarios and emphasize holistic development through action and self-development. In figure two, illustrate the main concept of the core competencies traced in the new 12-year uh, basic education. So these competencies are divided into three broad dimensions, namely uh, spontaneity, communication and interaction, and social participation. So each dimension involves three items. So in order to develop these core competencies, the principle of competence-based instruction are provided for guiding teachers' teaching practices. So to in integrate knowledge, attitude, skills with a holistic, holistic approach to use of authentic learning resources or setting to, to stress students' learning process, learning method, and learning strategies, and to focus on the action in real life. In response to the competence-based curriculum reform for K-12 education, Huang et al. suggest that the uh, teacher education needs to change its concept and way. For preparing high-quality teachers, teacher educators have to consider an appropriate conceptual framework to modularize core curriculum in order to better connect theory and practices. To redesign practical course from pre-service teacher's perspective by using spiraling model or a holistic practice-based approach. In the second part, I'd like to explain globally the initial PET curriculum in Taiwan. So this curriculum is composed by three parts general education, specific subject knowledge, and professional education. Usually, pre-service teachers learn PE and sport sciences knowledge within the department of PE or and uh, sport sciences. They learn professional educational knowledge within the teacher education center or college of teacher education. Most of department of PE and sports sciences conceptualize their program from a technical rationality, uh, which means from theory to practice. Pre-service PE teacher perceived, however, that they do learn more, but they still don't know how to teach, especially uh, in terms of competence-based instruction or inquiry te teaching approach. The gap between theory and practice exists not only in sports sciences, but also in pre-service PE teachers' professional education. Now, the teacher education is seeking for redesigning its program in response to competency-based curriculum reform. So the question arises, what is the conceptual framework in the department of PE and sports sciences? Do we need to change this conceptual framework in order to make a better alignment with the teacher education wants? 
Uh, my answer is yes. Lin and colleagues' study showed that the pre-service PE teacher's perception of learning how to teach is highly influenced by the program of sports sciences than by the program of teacher education. Therefore, the first challenging question for us, is it possible to change the conceptual framework for redesigning and reshaping our pre-service teachers program? Then our second challenge question, how come the teaching method course or didactic in PE has been marginalized? This course is crucial for bridging theories and practices, but there is a shortage of qualified teacher educators for younger generation. The third challenging question for us, is it difficult to find a partner school for facilitating pre-service PE teachers teaching practicum? Is there a consistency between university PETE program and school PE program? So facing to these challenges, many colleagues and myself working in PETE start to innovate relevant courses by conducting teaching practice research program. In this case study, the PE curriculum design course is redesigned uh, through design thinking approach. The results showed that the pre-service teachers understand the new HPE competency-based curriculum more meaningfully by linking practice and theory. So the next step, we are going to integrate relevant courses for making better alignments among different courses from pre-service teachers' perspective and future PE learners' needs. And there are several ongoing works, for example, to investigate pre-service PE teachers' concept or ways of learning of, of sports sciences, or to know more about pre-service teachers' TPEC to create a community of practice network. Finally, there are some final thoughts. PE and PETE are systematically interrelated. I think there is a need uh, to, uh, to, uh, to conduct an international survey on PETE. And is it possible to create an international online community network for supporting the redesign work of PETE? I think we need to work together to tackle the challenges in PETE for improving the quality of PE of young generation. No matter where we are, we are fighting together, just like in the case of the COVID-19 pandemic. So thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Ingui. We are, we are glad you made it. <laughs> Uh, thank you all three presenters. Uh, it looks like we have some comments on the chat box about uh, uh, getting your presentation. So if it's okay for our presenters to send their slides, we will be happy to post them on ISEP website. And also this webinar is being recorded and we are going to share it on ISEP uh, website as well. Um, let me see, there is one question so far. Uh, it's to you, Oksan. Uh, how do you run school placement for pre-service teachers during the 
uh, this time in South Korea? Okay, um, well, let me answer about this. Uh, this year, uh, last year was a special situation, right? So um, there is a limited mm -hmm. number of students who are in the school. Uh, when we sent the pre-service teacher, we sent pre-service teacher to the public school and students were not at the school. They were at home because we are doing the online classes. So basically they learn how to deliver online P classes through like a Zoom video conferencing. And uh, they deliver the online P classes at the public school system. However, they got mentoring from the uh, school teacher, cooperating teacher. So we still send them public school, but what they were practiced in school setting was online PE class rather than face-to-face -face teaching. Mm -hmm. um, thank you very much, Oksan. Uh, is there any other question? I'm sure there are. Mark, do you want to ask your question? Yes, uh, of course. Then uh, you three, congratulations for your presentation first. It was really interesting uh, to see what you are doing and to see that you are very busy uh, and trying to develop uh, interesting things. But uh, one thing that I uh, noticed uh, is that it seems that all of us, you are pointed out that it is important to teach physical education in a way uh, that uh, students will use what is taught in physical education in their real life outside the school. And then uh, it, it was mentioned transferable knowledge or action in real life in different presentation. But okay, uh, do you have in Korea, Taiwan or Japan already uh, some data underlining that such teaching is possible and lead to uh, effective uh, 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 well, uh, positive effects, three. Okay, Mark, that's a quite challenging question. Um, of course. Yes, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, since the implementation of the core uh, competence-based national curriculum, uh, we the focus is uh, developing general competency uh -huh, that can be transferred to the life outside of the school. But uh, examining the effect of school PE and how it is trans transferred to real life context, it takes a lot of time. We need to wait until they graduate and they grow up. So it quite requires longitudinal study. So we do not, to my knowledge, we do not have hardcore data that uh, proving that the school PE has an impact on the lifelong sports participation or you know, lifelong skill development. Uh, so at this point, we do not have solid data set for that. Uh, it will require, as I said in the, my presentation, longitudinal study. What, what about uh, Japan and Taiwan? Well, like I said in my presentation, I, I, I read or I hear, I, I, I observe um, lots of uh, school teachers' attempts or, or their reports on their practical studies, but... Uh, Actually, there are very few um, on, with, with um, certain evidence that um, students applied 
something they have learned into their daily lives. Like I said, I, uh, well, many t teachers attempt and report in their practical basis and that uh, we, we need more evidence. So for, uh, for, for the case in Taiwan, uh, it's also very rare. So, and I agree with uh, uh, Dr. Lee, because I think uh, in terms of a competence-based education, uh, the, the development of the competencies, it takes really, it takes time. And sometimes it, it's hard to uh, evaluate actually. And it's highly situation, situational um, dependent. So uh, we, in the teaching practice, we are trying to uh, develop a re reflection, a critical thinking, all these uh, general uh, transversal uh, competencies. Uh, but in terms of a physical literacy, I think, uh, yeah, we, we do need more, uh, some more research about this. In a real yeah. May I ask uh, another question yes. in, uh, yeah, in a row? Yes. Uh, well, you know that I, I believe it's very important for a physical education teacher to ask to his or her students if they applied what was taught in physical education classes. And do you believe that it would be possible to ask to the PE teachers to ask regularly to their students what they are doing with what is taught and just ask to the PE teachers to uh, ask to the uh, students to explain what they are doing at home or in uh, during their leisure and so on. And then uh, taking this as a starting point for discussion and to, uh, to, to, to see how it is possible to implement what is taught in physical education in the real life. And then maybe it's, it's one way to analyze short-term learning because you are speaking about physical literacy. Of course, it's a long-term and it's after years that you can see the difference but maybe it's possible to change little things in the behavior or lifestyle uh, and knowledge of the, of the pupils and, and the children. And what, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think that's a um, good idea, Mark. Um, we have a small scale study like life skill transfer, transfer study, you know, how students mm -hmm. learned uh, transfer, what they learned in physical education okay. to their uh, life at home or community. So how they apply it, what they learned in the PE class to their daily life. We have small scale uh, data set, uh, small scale research about that. And it, yeah, actually, yeah, that's it. In every class we have the, uh, we are uh, asking teachers to ask three questions. What did you learn? So what, and now what? So we emphasize yeah. the application part of that. And what, me, what I mean, the, we do not have the strong evidence, it's a large scale data. We have mm -hmm. small scale uh, qualitative research data support that students are applying what they learned in the PE class 
into the outside of the school life. Thank you. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yes. Um, thank you very much. Uh, we have another question from Christy Howell. Christy, do you want to ask your question out loud if you are with us? Hi, thank you for the opportunity to ask. I uh, thank you for your presentations. I just wanted in particular to know about if there was continuous uh, fitness tests or continuous sports skills tests, as you seem to have that for your pre-service teachers. I was just interested, do you have to do another test after a year or after five years? Um, I, I would like to know a little bit more about that in terms of context, please. Thank you. Okay. Um... In a military or police officer, they have the continuous test after employment, but for the case for the teachers, PE teachers, we only uh, test uh, when they enter the PT program and when they take the test for national employment test and test it. We do not have the follow-up follow fitness test. Do, do you think you should have it? Not really. Um, I think me, uh, Rather than uh, testing fitness level, I think the more important thing is they need to demonstrate in front of students uh, the healthy lifestyle. You know, they are being physically active and having the right choice for food or drink. That is more important than to doing more push-ups or pull-ups. Lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I would like to share. Yes, yeah. what about Taiwan and Japan? I was going to ask. Yeah, you. okay. Please. So uh, in Taiwan, every student, they have to do a fitness test uh, every semester. Yeah, so which means two times per year. So teachers, they can see mm -hmm. uh, the evolution of the, their fitness. Uh, so, but the, the other, I think the, the negative side of uh, this a fitness test uh, for is it's the meaning for students because they, they think it's a routine they couldn't find the meaning for testing okay. so uh, they think uh, the concept of fitness test it's only uh, the te testing items so it's not the, the the real meaning of uh, uh, fitness education so I think that's uh, how we how do we implement a fitness mm. test in in uh, in the school context? Do so do your uh, do your lecturers do the test every semester as well as the student teachers? Would that help in terms of meaningfulness if your uh, lecturers had to do it too? Uh, Yes, but in, in schools, teachers, they have to do this test because the government require them to do this. Yeah, and we have a big data to collect all the, all, uh, all, all the data, yeah. Thank you, What about um, Japan? Yeah. My turn. I, 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 as far as I know, I, 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 don't, I don't think um, university students have to take um, um, fitness test. Well, they, of course, take lots of... Um, Sports like basketball, volleyball, and then martial arts, dance, swimming. But well, I'm sure they have to take um, some skill test, but not fitness test. And to take um, examination to become full time teacher, I don't think we have a um, fitness 
physical test. But there are some um, skill tests for some particular sports, um, depending on where you want to become teacher. But yeah, I don't think we have fitness test. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for your answers. Yeah, we have another question on the chat box from Atilio. Atilio, are you with us? Do you want to ask your question out loud? Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, Dennis. Hi, good morning, everybody. Or good you. afternoon or good night, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, maybe if you can add some information about in-service preparation for PE teachers in your country. And thank you very much for your presentation, first of all. So are you talking about the continuing professional development? Yes. Okay. Uh, in Korea, um, we have a strong government initiative to support the CPD. Uh, we provide uh, $200 per year per teacher to participate in the CPD program. And all teachers are required to participate at least 60 hours of a CPD on a yearly basis. And it is recorded on teacher performance. And there are a lot of uh, voluntary CPD activities, such as teacher learning community and lots of teacher meeting uh, <coughs> groups and many uh, different way of the informal uh, uh, CPD activities are still there. So uh, in terms of a CPD, we are pretty much supportive with, uh, by the government agency. And also teachers are highly motivated to participate in the CPD. What about Japan or Taiwan? Yes, we have, um, for, for example, um, first year full-time teacher have to take some uh, courses and then third year teachers or five fifth year teachers or 10th year students. So um, step by step, we have um, teaching course uh, that teachers have to take. And more, more, more importantly in Japan, like um, I introduced in my presentation, private study group meetings are popular and many um, teachers um, join and attend um, some uh, private study meetings. Thank you, Chingwei. Uh, yes, so. Would you like to answer? Yes, uh, so it, actually it's a big issue with the CP, uh, PE teachers CPD. Uh, because we have in primary school, we have generalist teachers uh, who teach PE classes. So they, right now the government uh, require all the generalist teachers, they have to be trained for teaching PE classes at schools. Otherwise, uh, we cannot guarantee the quality, uh, PE, uh, PE, uh, PE class quality. Uh, in terms of uh, uh, secondary school, which means uh, junior high and uh, senior high school teachers, uh, they are all specialist PE teachers. And uh, they are not such a re requirement for, for this uh, CPD. So uh, usually uh, PE teachers, they are, when, when they are interested, uh, about some subject, so they can participate 
this kind of uh, uh, continuing uh, CPD uh, program. Uh, we uh, normal, uh, normally it's a uh, uh, charge free because uh, our government they pay only CPD program uh, activities. And uh, yeah, so that's glo globally I, I can answer in answer that. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ingui. The time is running out. I'm going to take just one last question, uh, which is about the, um, it's from Maurizo, sorry, if I mispronounce. Did you have any issue to provide practical lesson online during lockdown periods? In relatedly, there is another question from Aria. She asked about, uh, is it easy, easy or difficult to get students to physical education, teacher education programs? First question is, do you have, do you provide any practical lesson? Did you provide or still, do you provide any practical lesson during lockdown periods? Do you want to start, Chingwei? Uh, pardon? Do you want to start? Did you uh, have any, did you provide any practical lesson uh, online during lockdown periods? Any practical oh, lesson? Okay. In, in Taiwan, we uh, didn't have a lockdown. Very short, very short. So, uh, mm. yes, um, practical course for online, you mean? Is that you yes. Mean? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, it depends on what kind of uh, physical activity uh, we have uh, colleagues uh, who is a box teacher. So he demonstrates the boxing in front of uh, the screen and uh, um, uh, students, they can follow the teacher's movement. Mm -hmm. So there are there were some interactions still. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of dance education, uh, teachers they use some uh, uh, video uh, so for for training uh, for for teaching for teaching uh, for dance teaching. However, in teen sports, uh, that's uh, quite difficult because uh, students, they didn't have the equipment or balls or uh, they, they don't have friends or classmates. So it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you. Find some way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about Japan and South Korea? Well, I, I, I did some, some kind of mixed flipped learning and uh, practical learning. I uh, like using hands and equipment. I demonstrate and students follow in their small apartments. And I try not to make them make big noise, otherwise get, get, get complained. And then I particularly am placing emphasis on some points, important points. That is most important part, that's why it, I am saying it's kind of flipped learning. So they learn important points. And then when the university course started, they come to university and they remember good point, points very well. And then I actually found 
flipped learning very effective during um, lockdown. And uh, last year, uh, the uni my university course consists of 15 classes. And then this year, I did eight online classes and seven face-to-face uh, mm -hmm. -face classes. And then student skills. Actually, as good as um, last year, their skill, their skills were as good as last year. The, the, the flipped learning worked very well. Yeah. That's my Thank impression. You. Yeah, yeah. Oksan? Yes, um, I'm not teaching any activity class, but I heard mm. from the teachers. Um, they still have difficulty in teaching practical lesson. We have five areas of P curriculum, but most of the contents are focused on health area. And sports is totally ignored because you know they can't play with each other. So that's an issue. And regarding the interaction with the students using online mm -hmm. teaching, uh, we found one interesting thing. Uh, we all assume that the online PE will be negative uh, educational impact, but uh, one teacher reported that students who don't want to be observed by others, they love online teaching because they can interact yeah. with teacher one by one yeah. and interact more in-depth level. So they actually uh, uh, love more online teaching than face-to-face -face teaching. So we found one positive side of online PE class. Yeah, we have, I have similar experience and similar uh, feedback from some teachers as well. Uh, thank you very much, Oksan. Yeah, bef the time is drying out. Uh, before I am going to turn to Mark to give us his last words as the president of ISAP organization, I would like to thank you for all our presenters. Thank you so much. And I would like to thank everyone. We appreciate you being here today. Uh, hope to see you in our, in our next events as well. Mark, uh, sorry to not to cover all the questions. There are some more actually, but please feel free to send an email. I'm sure you, you, they, our presenters will be happy to, to respond to your questions. Very good. Yes, Mark. Thank you, Denis. Thank you, Denis, for your support in this uh, moderating job. You did it very well. Thank you for Thank Cassandra. You. Uh, for the technical support. Uh, thank you to all board members who were there and of course to the presenters and thank you for, for the, to the audience. Uh, I just want to finish by two information. First, do not forget that, uh, forget that uh, the uh, deadline for abstract submission for the BANF uh, ISF conference uh, is by February 15. Then you'll find all information uh, on the on the ISF uh, website. Uh, second, uh, please keep the contact for the next ISF Connect. Uh, you'll receive information about it very soon. And of course, I hope that uh, we will be more than 58 next time. Then. Good night, good day, have a good appetite, uh, enjoy your meal according to the place you are in the world. And thank you again being with ISF. Bye-bye.